Turn with me to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 12. Today I want to do something I haven't done before out of Deuteronomy called the importance of proper placement. Seven principles of proper placement. You may find this most interesting. Moses is addressing the people of Israel just before his death and just before they're to enter the promised land. This land is the place God has chosen for them. And now on the brink of their destiny, these are their marching orders, their final instructions. Deuteronomy 12, and I'm just going to read some selected verses. Verse 1, these are the statutes and judgments which you shall be careful to observe in the land which the Lord God of your fathers is giving you to possess all the days that you live on earth. Now down to verse 5. But you shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses out of your tribes to put his name for a habitation, and there you shall go. There you shall take your burnt offerings. There take your sacrifices. There take your tithes. And there the firstlings of your herds and flocks. Verse 7. And there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice in all to which you have put your hand, you and your family, in which the Lord your God has blessed you. Verse 8, you shall not at all do as we are doing here today, every man doing what is right in his own eyes. And that's the way most people live today. They just place themselves anywhere that seems right in their own eyes. Verse 9 and verse 10. For as yet you have not come to the rest and inheritance which the Lord your God is giving you. But when you cross over the Jordan and dwell in the land that the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, when he gives you rest from all your enemies round about so that you shall dwell safely. Notice the connection between being in the right place and an inheritance. You don't get in the place God set for Israel. They don't get the inheritance he promised them. Verse 11, and there will be the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. There you shall bring all that I command you. And he lists again all the offerings. Verse 12, you shall rejoice before the Lord your God, you and your sons and your daughters and your maidservants and manservants and the Levite, since he has no portion or inheritance with you. Verse 13, take heed to yourself that you do not offer your burnt offerings in every or any place that you see. Verse 17 and verse 18. You may not eat within the gates the tithe of your grain or your new wine of your oil or the firstlings of your herds or flock or any offerings which you vow of the freewill offerings or the heave offerings of your hand. But you must eat them before the Lord your God in the place. Can you see how many times the word place occurs? I'm doing this for repetition. In the place which the Lord your God chooses you and your children and your servants with you. And then verse 28, observe and obey all these words that I command you that it may go well with you and your children after you forever when you do what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. Proper placement even affects our children's children for future generations. Let me give you seven quick principles of proper placement that could have a profound effect upon your future. Principle number one, 
God's primary purpose is a proper placement for your life. In Genesis 1, verse 26 through 28, God creates Adam out of the dust of the ground. Then in chapter 2, verse 8 of Genesis, it says that God then planted a garden in Eden, and there he placed the man he had formed. Notice, Adam was not created in the Garden of Eden. God places him in the garden after he's formed. Now, there's a prophetic message here. God does not leave you where he finds you. God has a proper placement for you. Even in the New Testament, God writes through the Apostle Paul that he has placed you and I in the body of Christ, the church, as it pleased him. God makes the choice of proper placement. And man's purpose was to cultivate the garden, to steward it for God. So God had to place man in the garden. God had the first placement service in the world, right? And God wants to take you from where he finds you and give you a purpose, a place, a mission, a destiny. And notice God gives Adam a job before he even gives him a wife. Mm. Don't be coming for premarital counseling and you ain't got a job. And girls, don't you be hooking up with anybody that hadn't got a job. God does everything right, and he does it the first time. So he made Adam productive, made him a good steward. He was already had some, he had a good job. He had a good future. He had some assets. Then God brought him a wife. And if you know better, go ahead. But here's the right plan, right? So man was to be fruitful and to be productive and to multiply, but that could only occur when God put him in the right place. So he put him in the place God had prepared for him. So God's primary purpose is a proper placement for your life. Principle number two. Proper placement releases supernatural provision. Proper placement releases supernatural provision or supply in your life. In 1 Kings chapter 17, we see the prophet Elijah. He prophesies a famine, a recession, no rain. Three and a half years. Everybody's starving to death. God then speaks to the prophet Elijah in 1 Kings 17, verse 2, 3, and 4. And God instructs him, go to the brook Cherith, and there I will command ravens to feed you. God had a place for Elijah. Elijah, you get in the right place, and divine provision will come. If Elijah had said, well, I don't like that. I'm going to the beach. I'm going to the coast. If Elijah had gone to any other place than God commanded, he would have starved to death. So Elijah goes and God feeds and waters him there. Divine supply follows divine placement. Man, if you catch this, you'll be the smartest guy in the world. Most Christians don't get it. Then in verse 7, 8, and 9, same chapter, the brook dries up. And God tells the prophet, now go to Zarephath. How many of you can see specific instructions, specific place? Well, I think we'll move to, don't do that. God says, go to Zarephath. For there, God has commanded a widow woman to take care of you. So Elijah goes to a new place. Sure enough, God miraculously supplies for the prophet Elijah and the widow for a full year until the famine is over. Providential, supernatural supply follows proper placement. I've watched anointed men and women who were successful and prosperous 
in one place, suddenly move to another city, to another country, to another staff, to another church, and the brook dried up. Nothing works, nothing flows, nothing happens. Same person, wrong place. But if you get in the right place, supernatural provision will come. If you get out of your right place, providential supply gets cut off. I've said this, but there's always visitors. Years and years ago when I knew Brian, I didn't know Darlene. She didn't exist. She was on a team serving in a youth department, singing in the choir, and a man had Hillsong who led it and was in charge of it and wrote the music for it. And he got at odds with Brian Houston as the pastor, had his own agenda, created a little bit of friction. Brian tried to reason with him. He figured if he moved, he could take Hillsong with him. And Brian kind of thought he could too. When I talked to him, he was concerned. I said, Brian, if he leaves you and God has chosen to bless you and give you this ministry, it won't go with him. He left. You've never heard his name again. And this long-haired blonde named Darlene Check steps up to the front because first she was in the right place licking stamps, serving in the choir, in the background, not selling CDs and not doing very well financially. But because she was in the right place, when adjustment came, God gave her a new placement and she came to the forefront and now it's Darlene Check and Hillsong and you will never hear the person who started his name again. When they left the place God had prepared for them, whether they're offended or hurt or had an agenda or didn't get what they want, it was the most foolish and costly move of that man's life. Are you listening? We just sat in the speaker's lounge discussing people we know. I have another friend from South Africa who had a mega church decided with the country looked like it might go into revolution before they released uh, President Mandela that it would be better to come to America because everybody from other countries thinks Americans are all rich. They just haven't met you yet. <laughs> Honestly, guys from Europe, you'll tell me, they think all Americans are just throwing money away. That is the illusion. And particularly because the only guys that go over there have their jets and their permed hair and Rolexes. The only message they got is be rich, be rich, be rich. Okay, they're extremists. And so that's the view the church has. So he came to America, gave up that ministry. It evaporated, and so did his resources. That was 10 years ago, and he's no better today than he was then. A wonderful person, by the way, my friend, I love dearly, and I said to him on two occasions, go home. Your provision. Now, there are people God displaces to another country. And you'll know it's right because God will provide for you. God will bless you. God will make you fruitful. But at what time, duh, do you wake up and say, now you're nothing. You had influence in your country. You had a platform. You had resources. And the country may have been disturbed. But you couldn't be safer because you're in the right place. But when he left that place, the brook dried up and it stayed dried up. I can think of staff members we've had over our nearly 20 years in this church who God told them to start a church. They hadn't got 25 people, 50 people. They can't pay a light bill. Bankruptcy, foreclosure. After 10 years, at what point do you realize you got in the wrong place? You went the wrong way with the wrong people. I'd rather be third in a big team making a difference in the world than first of nothing. And that's the problem. Most people can't handle that. You get out of your place, life's not going to be good. It's going to be hard. And 
Don't worry if one supply begins to dry up. The brook began to dry up on Elijah, but God said, don't worry, I've got another placement for you. So don't look at a dwindling supply and then panic. All it means is you're about to get new marching orders, a new assignment. Tests and trouble will come, but you're protected by your proper placement. So my security is in knowing I'm where I'm supposed to be, doing what I'm supposed to be, and doing it with the people I am supposed to be doing it with. If they leave, it won't hurt me, it'll hurt them. But if I stay where I am supposed to be, couldn't be happier. At Passover, God told Israel, get inside your houses, put the blood of the lamb over your doorpost, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Don't be jumping rope. Don't be playing volleyball outside. Get in the place I assign you. In your house, under the blood of the lamb, and I will pass over you. When trouble comes, and it will, proper placement will always provide protection. I told our good friend Dave Owen out at Malibu Vineyard, they went through a terrible crisis a year ago and insurrection, sedition, treason, disloyalty by an ambitious young man that he allowed to stay too long and the church went down, suffered financially and it was just touch and go. We were able to help our brother through a difficult time and the Lord did as well. But my point was, I said to him, Dave, you're in the right place. That is gonna be your security. Not being right, not having acute doctrine, but by being in the right place. And sure enough, as the year and a half has gone by, the people that were polluted, got wrong information, left, income dropped, now the income's come back up. They are now mating budget and now the church has grown, it's come back, it's taken about a year or so. And constantly God has graciously supplied. That's because he's in the right place. So your security is not being justified. It, time will tell. If you're in the right place, even when trouble comes, the supply will come. That'll be your protection. Principle number three, proper placement demands the death of personal pride. And this is the tough one. See, one of the main obstacles to you and me getting in our right place is our pride. Well, I'm not gonna work for him. Well, I'm not gonna, I won't be lead singer. Well, I wanted, I'm better than she is. Pride. We've shipped people on this worship team and we've shipped people on staff who didn't want to play the role God had assigned them and don't worry, you won't ever hear from them again. But it's the biggest mistake they ever made, getting out of place. The reason they couldn't get in the right place is just basic pride. God says he hates pride. He will resist the proud. So you have to be willing to receive from God with a humble spirit. He won't always do things the way you want him to. In fact, he doesn't do much the way I want him to. How about you? Can we talk? I mean, just really, a lot of churches pray for revival, and then it comes, and they don't like the way it comes. When I was a Baptist, I thought it had to come a Baptist way. If you were a Methodist, you would want it to come a Methodist way. If you were a Pentecostal, it would have to come. But God doesn't come the way you want him to come. He comes as he is. And if you don't like it, tough. He'll just leave. You know, when God fires you, he leaves. <laughs> he all you get is a position and a building and no God. It's very scary. You don't want God to leave. God's first supply for this prophet Elijah was to feed him with ravens. Now, if you know the Old Testament, ravens were part of unclean animals. They were disavowed by God. They were not acceptable as sacrifices. They were called unclean. You didn't touch them. You didn't eat them. And every good Hebrew knew that. But God was demonstrating to Elijah his lordship even over the unclean. 
God can even use unsaved people to do the will of God and to take care of God's people. He's used through the Bible rulers and emperors and leaders to do good to Israel when they were not covenant people who worshiped God. We often think God can only use Christians, but often he'll use heathen. And if you can't receive resources, counsel, rebuke, advice, or wisdom from a dirty bird, you could go without. Well, I'm not taking it if it's not from a Christian. We'll starve then. Because when you go back and study your Bible, you realize I've been watching too much Christian TV. God touches the heart of unsaved people and releases resources to help his people. And he can even give you advice from an unsaved boss who is right on an issue about you and give you rebuke. And if you can't receive it, you'll lose wisdom. God has rebuked a lot of televangelists through Diane Sawyer. They wouldn't listen to friends. They wouldn't listen to the word. So God sent Diane Sawyer and ABC and a hidden camera. And then they listened and it was too late. But you will listen. And I'm just saying, you can learn from a lot of different people. If a guy owned a dog racetrack and came in here and said, God's touched my heart. I see what you're doing and what you're going to do. And I want to pay half that new facility you're building up here on Marshall Road. Well, I'd say, well, what do you believe about the rapture? What do you believe? Are you born again? Do you get drunk? That's the way half the dumb... I well, what would you do, Rick? I'd say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because it didn't come from him. It came from God. Well, I ain't taking drug money. It ain't drug money. It's my money. All I'm going to do is just take a resource that's made out of paper that came from some unclean raven, and if it goes in my hands, it's now sanctified. It will now do the will of God. It will not do the will of a drug cartel. It will do the will of God. That doesn't make you a prostitute. That doesn't make you beat your wife. That doesn't make you get drunk. It just enables you to manifest what you are. Money has no soul. It's just an enabling proposition to let you do what's in here. When you see people get a lot of money and go bad, say, look at money made him go bad. No, it didn't. He was just bad, but broke. And he couldn't express it, broke. Get a good man, I can do more good with more resources. That's all. It just manifests the heart. You may find this funny. Last week, Deanna was giving some material to a church in Denison, Texas. And they just built a new church. Do you know who came in and paid off half the church? Dennis Rodman, the basketball player. The Lord God, I'm not taking that money. Can you believe? Thank you. Thank you. And Dennis, I don't have a prayer list, but I am now, and I'm putting you on it. You the man. See, it may not look like you want it to look, but they got lunch. And you hungry, you'll take lunch from a dirty bird. God flew that bird right. He couldn't get a Christian to do anything, so he has to use dirty birds occasionally to be able to help you. Pride won't let you. Oh, then it gets worse. The brook dries up. God sends the prophet to a woman. Oh, no. So you might have to receive from a woman, men. Here's an old, strong, hairy-legged Elijah. He's killed 800 prophets of Baal. He's faced down wicked Jezebel. He's called fire down from heaven. And now... He might be thinking all women are like Jezebel. Well, they're not. But God made him receive from a humble widow woman. 
pride won't let you do that. Men, you could learn from your wife. She told you you were doing a bad thing. I've sat with women who were wives of men, both in ministry and business, sat in the room when the wife said to him, I told you and told you, you were going to get in trouble for doing this. And he lost his job and was fired. I was there. I watched them break down and weep and cry. It's too late. It's too late. The wife was right. A wife can spot trouble. She can spot a UFO, unidentified female object. Got one. You better listen to her. But if you big macho Texas man, no woman gonna teach me anything, then stay stupid, you ugly thing. You, you just gonna go ahead and be destroyed. Pride won't let you receive from certain people. Your wife may say, listen, uh, Sandy Ross, or here's a Joyce Meyer tape, and honey, this is, you just gotta listen to this. Who did it? Or oh, Sandy Ross, well, she's a woman. Or Joyce Meyer, well, I'm not listening to a woman. Then you may lose your deliverance because you proud and you can't receive from somebody that you don't esteem. See, what amazes me is also that some people who leave a place that's the right place and they leave improperly, maybe they're offended. Maybe like Dave Owen had, so they defile people who didn't know the real truth and, and were offended at Dave illegitimately, but they left. They now know they've made a wrong choice and will tell you that, but they won't come back. They won't humble themselves to come back. Pride won't let them come back to say, I was wrong, I goofed, I missed God. Huh? I was just talking to one of our ladies at the information booth. And she made a decision, retired, suddenly wasn't making it, thought she did the will of God, repented, went back, got the right employment, and now she's being blessed and used of God. But she said, I had to humble myself, and it was really hard. Deanna Pugh will tell you if you go down to the bookstore afterwards about how she left for a job she thought would pay more money and she got sick for five months. She ended up spending more money, not making as much money. And so she humbled herself and went back and thank God they took her back and life was good again. Not many people can do that. Instead of saying, you know, look, I don't want a long talk. I goofed. I missed it. I was wrong. I'm sorry. You humble yourself. God will bless you. Proper placement demands the death of personal pride. If you demand you must be here, you must have this position, you must be equal to that guy, that could cost you a great future by pride. Number four, you okay so far? This is real simple, very practical. Proper placement is often preceded by a season of discomfort. Until your misery factor exceeds your fear factor, you won't move. You won't change. We are creatures of comfort, and often our flesh rules, and we prize comfort and security. When a mother eagle wants her young eaglets to fly, she begins to tear up the nest, taking the fur out, that nice soft rabbit fur, and it's just briars left. And little eaglets try to squat down like Christians on pews, <laughs> and they can't, you know. It pricks them and it's not comfortable anymore. And that's usually a prelude to new marching orders and a move. How many of you know you'll never fly if you're too comfortable? What you can tolerate, you'll never change. So God has a way to make us willing to move. It's usually called discomfort, frustration, and it happens. Principle number five, proper placement releases ministry and the glory of God. In the book of Exodus, God tells Moses how to construct the tabernacle in the wilderness. He gives him specific instructions 
on how big each piece of furniture is, how it's to be shaped, how much gold, uh, where it is to be placed, what colors to use, numbers of pieces of equipment, everything to a T, and he does it for 16 chapters. God tells Moses over and over, see that you build it according to the pattern I showed you in the mount. That's Mount Sinai when he went up for 40 days with the Lord. God says, don't let your wife rearrange the furniture. Don't put the lampstand where the table of showbread is. Don't change the dimensions. Don't pick another color. Pick what I told you. Put it in the right place. And in Exodus 40, verse 33 through 40, guess what happens? Then the cloud covered the tabernacle in the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle after Moses finished the work. To me, that's pretty simple. It just said after everything was in its right place, then the presence of God filled that tabernacle. And when we get in our right place and we get our lives and our church and our businesses and our homes in right order, it releases God's favor, fruitfulness, productivity into our lives. But our problem as Americans is we think we can do anything we want, any way we want, anytime, anywhere. Instead of saying, God, I know you have a place for me. I want to be in it. Then hundreds of years later, the temple is built by Solomon. Same deal. Everything has to be built exactly according to God's divine pattern. Everything has to be placed exactly where God said put it. Not a good idea to rearrange the furniture. So in 2 Chronicles 7 verse 1, when Solomon finished, then the glory of God filled the place and the fire of God came down. But not until there was proper placement. If nothing much is happening in your life, check your placement. Get in the right place. Are you doing what God wants you to do where he wants you to do it? I don't know if I've ever told this story, but Cindy and I lived in Savannah, Georgia before coming here. I worked for James Robinson, set up crusade. I just did gopher. I just go for this, go for that, just served and worked. And he wanted me to move from Savannah, but I didn't want to leave Savannah. So I put my house up for sale and God wanted me to come to San Antonio and I didn't want to come out to Texas because you didn't have no trees. A wooded lot was shrubs. And I had 100, 150 foot trees, magnolia trees, pine trees, and it was a hard issue with me. This wasn't something you could see. I didn't want to sell our home. I had a low interest. It was just great. And so I put it up for sale, but not to obey the Lord. When I said I will go to Texas, when I said I will leave, I will now move to Texas, my house sold the next day to an American Airlines captain. The next day. This could have gone on for years and never sold until I said, I will do the will of God. I'm letting you know I fought the deal too. I have the same flesh you do. I have the same fleshly desires you do. I have the same fear you do. I have the same concerns and stubborn will you do. And it didn't work until I said, I will. I'll go to San Antonio. I'll do it. I'll do it broke, busted, nothing, whatever, no conditions. Bingo. The realtor calls and in 24 hours, what couldn't sell in three years, sells in one day. I know, come on, coincidence? I don't think so. And I got exactly what I wanted and I'm here today because of it. I think the church is filled with renegade, vagabond, fugitive, orphan, anointed men and women just running all over the place. 
and nothing much happens, just more religion. Now, could I say this? If you're always critical, always offended, always unhappy, don't criticize others. This might not be your place. Your business might not be your place. I mean, this is something to think about. Don't beat somebody else up because you're not in your proper assignment because if you're out of joint, you're going to be in pain and you're going to hurt people, hurt people. So sometimes you say, well, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like. Hold it, Jack. If you'd have been offended at loud music with Mick, I'd say, what are you doing here? Mick Jagger. The Rolling Stones. Some of you don't even know. You think that's a gospel group out of Nashville. No, no. I'm thinking, what'd you come for? It's going to be loud. It's going to be rowdy. It's going to be, you can't even hear the words. Well, everybody there doesn't care. They know that. And so when you pick a church, when you pick a business, when you pick, it's like, if you're just miserable all the time, you're not in the right place. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden's light. When you're doing what God made you to do, you're like a Labrador retriever. You won't pick up rocks, shrubs, cats, anything, beer cans. You're a hunting dog. You want to swim. You want to hunt. You want to put stuff in your mouth. It's your nature and you love it. A hunting dog, just turn him loose. He runs into the woods. Why? He loves it because God made him to love it. Some of you are trying to do what God didn't make you to do and you don't love it. You hate it. You're in the wrong place. Don't beat other people up. You ought to be happy and fruitful when you're in the right place. I am. I hope you are. Number six, principle number six, improper placement will subject you to sinful situation and temptations. The first words God spoke to Adam after he sinned referred to Adam's location. Where are you? Remember the TV show Car 54? Where are you? God made him and placed Adam in the garden. But when Adam sinned, God wanted to know, where are you? Adam's sin forced God to drive him out of the place prepared especially for him. If you're in the wrong place, you won't see God's glory. You won't see fruitfulness and productivity. And you'll find yourself tempted. What was Jonah doing on a boat going east when God told him to go west to Nineveh? Oh, we wouldn't have any story about the whale that swallowed Jonah or the storm that was about to sink the ship if it hadn't been for one Christian out of place. He actually endangered those heathen sailors. They threw the sucker overboard. They didn't bring him in the church. They threw him overboard. We just embraced rebellious people. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time and he knew the will of God. And God checked him into the fish hotel. Five star. They don't honor American Express, Visa, or MasterCard. You can't get out till that whale vomits. And God won't make him vomit until you say, I will. And when Jonah said, I will do what you said, the whale got sick, expelled him <laughs> from his mouth, and the rest is history. But I'm saying, none of that would have happened if he'd have been in the right place and God instructed him. You'll notice in the book of Ruth, Naomi's husband, Elimelech takes his family and daughters and son-in-laws out of Bethlehem, Judah, means house of bread and praise. That's the place God put the Israelite. And he took them down to Moab, which was forbidden by God. And he dies and his two sons die and he leaves 
all of them widows. And I tell you, if you take your family out of the proper placement, you might not come back alive. What was Lot doing living in Sodom? He saw more opportunity to get rich. He left the friend of God, Abraham, his uncle. When he was with Abraham, his flocks multiplied, his herds multiplied. He had incredible wealth, but he saw opportunity in Sodom and Gomorrah. And he lost his wife and he lost his children. And two angels had to drag him out of Enron. I mean, out of corporate <laughs> greed to save him. Sometimes you can take your family for a little more money and take them out of the will of God. Before you go, is there a good church home? Have you seen it? Is there a good school for your children? A good, don't just jump because there's more money. You could be making the sacrifice that'll cost you your future. Be careful is all I'm saying. What was David doing home? Watching Monday night football and on the break, slipping over to another channel, watching some porno, naked women. I'm elaborating a little bit. But he's watching Bathsheba take a bath naked. He knew who that woman was. He knew what apartment she was in. He knew where to walk. He thought, no, you guys go on to war. I believe I'll stay home. Yeah. And you know what happened? He wasn't where he was supposed to be. The scripture's clear on that. He wasn't in his proper place leading his men. Thousands of people died because of his sin. Some of you men, you be careful. Some of the men you hang around, they'll take you to some places you'll wish you hadn't been. Famine and drought came on the land because of David's sin. Thousands died because he was in the wrong place. When the Holy Spirit barks at your conscience, you're in the wrong place. You better leave. A good run's better than a bad stand. I've got a friend in Nashville, Tennessee, Ray McCullum. He's preached here before. I preached there. He was telling a story about his little boy who needed to go to the bathroom and they were at a movie. And he was, his son's getting his independence. He's a little boy, but he wants to go by himself. So Ray reluctantly lets him go by himself. He says, now you come right back. So his son goes, and then he's a couple of minutes, two or three minutes, and then the son comes back, and he has a strange look on his face. And so Ray says, well, did you go? Yes, sir. Is everything okay? Uh-huh. Was anything wrong? And the son said, Dad, there were women in the men's bathroom. <laughs> now, isn't that like people, they get in the wrong place and judge everybody else for being out of the place. See, some of you could be in the wrong restroom today. You don't know where you are griping about everybody else. No, we're in the right place. You could be in the wrong place. Principle number seven. Here's the last one. Proper placement will solve most of the problems of life. Proper placement will solve most of the problems of life. You marry the right mate. You live in the right city. You go to the right church. You take the right job. You hang with the right people. Most of your problems will be non-existent and certainly solvable. You'll minimize a discomfortable life because most of the problems we have are hanging with the wrong people in the wrong place at the wrong time, always. And it's true for Christians. Get in the right place. Pick your friends. Don't break those relationships. Now, as we close, let me just quickly give you five sentences to get in the right place. Here's a quick suggestion to fix it. Number one, repent. Stop doing your own thing. Tell the Lord you've been doing what's right in your own eyes. You didn't realize the importance of it and ask him to place you where he has assigned you. Listen to Psalm. Let me read this verse just spontaneous, but let me just 
Psalms 92. Verse 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to declare the Lord is upright. Can you see that when you're in the place God has assigned, you flourish, you grow fat, you increase, you're productive, you're fruitful, even in old age. What's the key? Getting planted. Get in the right place. You're not driftwood. You're not a tumbleweed. You're not a floater. You're not a wanderer. You're not an orphan. Find that place God has for you. Get in it. Stay planted. Bear fruit. Become influential. Prosper. If you float, you'll never do it. Repent. Ask God to put you where he's assigned you. He says, if any man will do the will of God, he shall know. Second, humble yourself. You left a situation that you know was your right place, then humble yourself and return. Well, what if they won't take me back? Because you humbled yourself, God says, I will exalt you. It may be another place, but he'll fix it if you'll give him the chance. When the prodigal son left his father's home, went his own way, wasted his resources on riotous living, and then came to a pig pen. He said, what am I doing in this pig pen? Wrong place. I will arise. I will go back to my father. I will say I am not worthy to be called your son. Make me a servant. That's humility. I'm wrong. I goofed. I'm sorry. And I'm not asking for special favors. And then what happened? Instantly came the release of God's mercy, God's grace, and God's favor, and gave the boy a full restoration. Some of you need to hear that today. You can get a full restoration, but you got to be willing to repent and humble yourself. Number three, pray in faith. Pray. Acts 17, verse 26. God has made from one man, that's Adam, every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth, and God determined the times set for man and the exact boundaries of his habitation. That means God made you at the right time in history. God set you and has a boundary or a placement, if you'll let him, for your life. So pray, Father, I want to be in my assigned place. Number four, when you pray, expect divine guidance. Expect God to answer you through his word, through the Holy Spirit, through inner peace, through godly counsel. We have a book called Flying Higher, Seven Biblical Principles to Help You Make Tough Choices. And I'm still hearing people talk about, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to move here, I'm going to take that job, I'm going to go here, I'm going to, and I'm wondering, have you sifted this through the process, and do you realize the consequences if you screw up? Because most people don't seem to get it. Let me assure you that God did not set you in a dead church with a bad job, a bad marriage, and a stupid haircut. That's your choice. That's your choice. That's my choice. No, no, no. God wants you in the right place, fat and flourishing, planted, fruitful, productive. And five, commit yourself to help others after you find the right place. And when you see a person moving from the right place, step in and help. You can't always stop them, but run interference. Say, hold it. Have you counted the cost here? The consequences are severe for missing the will of God. And in the will of God is the most productive, wealthy place, safe place, no matter what's going on economically or militarily, the safe place is being in the right place. You're safer right now in Afghanistan in the will of God than you are in Disneyland out of the will of God. I'm serious. I'm serious.
So we're not people who live by fear. We live by divine purpose and placement. Maybe you're here today. And maybe you don't know what your place is. I'd like to have prayer with you just to pray that if you'll be willing to do what God has for you, that he'll make that known to you. Some of you don't know. It's a good thing to, to pray about that. Maybe you're facing a move, a new placement. Have you had counsel? Did you get some prayer about it? I urge you to do it. Maybe you've left a right place and you know it, and you simply need, like my friends told me in the break, they humbled themselves and they returned and said, I goofed, I missed it. That's a power, that makes, that's the big man. The big man is the guy who can say, I didn't mean to, but I missed it. I'm going back. And I guarantee you, when Cindy and I came to San Antonio, Texas to start this church, I had every thought that I could miss it. And if I did, I wasn't going to starve to death because I'm proud. I would simply say we had prayer, we had counsel, we sought the will of God, we had good friends and people around us. But if we goofed, we goofed in faith. And God says, if the righteous man falls seven times, the Lord will uphold him. I was prepared to go back home and go back doing what I was doing. And if I left right, I could come back right. Old Steve Krenz over here, that mighty guitar player. We sent Steve up to Nashville. And so far, we believe he's in the will of God, a new placement, because he served in this house as a good servant of God, a faithful man, a loyal man, and a man who goes the extra mile. I said, Steve, if you find out God doesn't provide and the brook dries up, you can come home. But you have every right. You did it the right way, and you believe in God for that placement in your life. And so we know there's a struggle when you first go out. But if, if after 10 years, that sucker is just starving to death, I'm going to take that guitar and whoop him bad. I'm going to whoop him bad with that guitar and say, why don't you come home? You can live better here than out of the will of God in Nashville. And I think, I think Steve would do it if that was the case. But because he left right, he can humble himself and come back. I say, well, let's get going. No sermons, no message, no prayer. Good to have you back, buddy. And because we have a great relationship, Steve comes in, helps us work up our Christmas, helps us with the instrumentalism. I never feel like Steve's ever gone. And I love that guy, and I love so many others who are servants like that. And some of you just need to humble yourself and repent. God will restore you. He's gracious. He's merciful. He's for you more than you are for yourself. And so be careful. Can I close with this other thought? You know, where you're placed has all to do with eternity. The Bible says, in Adam, all die. In Christ, all are made alive. Some of you need to pass from death unto life. And church won't help you, but trusting Jesus will. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, I'm going to go to heaven and it won't be because of hairstyle, doctrine, or rules I kept. It'll be because I got out of the wrong place, Adam, the old man. And I got in the new man, Christ Jesus. I accepted his forgiveness. I got his righteousness. I got acceptance by the Father and was given the gift of eternal life. And I can't boast in anything except I got into the right place. So the Bible says, put off the old man, put on the new man. Get out of that old place and come into this new place. Maybe you need to rededicate your life this morning. Maybe you need to commit it to Christ. Not joining the church, committing it to Jesus.